some of the things in the episode you're about to hear already happened. They're in the past. So congratulations. You can see the future and should probably start buying lottery tickets. Yeah, and betting on baseball games. And horses? Is that still a thing? It should be. You should do that too. Bet on some horses. Definitely. I'm Claire Manship. And I'm Ian Brodsky. And this is The Thing That Happened This Week. The show where everyone brings a story from the past seven days and we break it down. It's sugar and spice and everything now. Hello. Hello. Good morning, Ian. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, we just saw each other like 12 hours ago. I know. We were recording another episode last night, and sometimes that's just the way the schedule works. Yeah. Um, but it was raining last night, and now it's not. It's bright and sunny, but our my curtains are drawn, so we don't really get to live it. That's okay. I don't really want to look out on the street and see, and see Harlem in the overcast. That's not... I took a really shady way home last night. Really? Well, so last night, coming to Ian's apartment, I because of the rain, I was like, all right, I'm going to splurge to take a cab. It's only, you know, a short number of blocks, but I splurged for the cab. And I was pissed because the cab driver went downtown to go uptown. Like, he turned us around for kind of no reason. At least that's what I thought. So then I was like, I'm going to prove it right and walk the way that he could have navigated uptown so then i go to where i think these cross streets meet and it's a bridge like it, on the Whereabouts? map 155th okay the bridge to the bronx yeah is it's a trick of the mind if you look at google maps or whatever it looks like the streets are intersecting but they're overlapping mm. and they don't touch so i was wrong sorry anonymous cab driver I feel kind of shitty because I was like, sir, you don't need to go this way. You're <laughs> costing me more. Um, but so then I, I decided to walk it. Then I discover that I was wrong. And now I'm kind of I've walked out of the way of the most direct path. So then I'm like, well, let me just discover the neighborhood at midnight on a Thursday. Oh, casual. <laughs> so then I'm walking down Edgecombe and there are no street lights there. And no. Edgecombe hugs the, the side of a cliff, which could be creepier. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and every time like a cat ran from a trash can to a car, I was like, eep, eep, like <laughs> listening to NPR, like trying not to freak out. When my roommate and I were first looking at apartments in the city, there were a lot on Edgecombe, like, around where you live. Yeah. And we were like, nope. Do you ever feel like, because now we're a few episodes in, and I feel like sometimes when we mention these, not necessarily obscure streets and avenues in New York City, but I feel like it's when I'm listening to Throwing Shade or, like, any show that takes place in Los Angeles, and they're like, oh, yeah, that concert was on La Brea. I'm like, I've never been to L.A., but I feel like that's how it is when I'm listening to our, sh- like, you know. I mean, we deserve that. Like, we're New Yorkers. Like, yeah, we're yeah. New Yorkers. Suck like, it, L.A. Yeah, suck it, L.A. You know you're the shit place in the world. I Boom. said that. Boom. Boom. Roasted. Oh, man. See, even in my burns, I, like, boosted them up. You're very kind. Everyone there is sexy. They're drinking green juice. Fuck you. Fuck you. Going to yoga. I mean, I go to yoga here. I like yoga. Yoga here, especially in the winter, is nice because when the room gets all steamy and the and the windows get all fogged up and there's candles everywhere and you're like, ooh, we're having like a tantric moment, y'all. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what what has happened to you in the last 12 hours since the I last, saw you? Oh, you know what's happened to me in the last 12 hours? I synced all of my calendars between like Google calendars and all of those different email accounts between this and Nutcracker 
and like my personal like life events yeah all into my one calendar on my uh iphone wow and my schedule is blowing up you and i such, love it you have such technological savvy thank you like, i i wouldn't even i i find that very daunting it, it's literally just stuff that i figured out in like the one or two hours of downtime that i have in the past few days yeah but yeah google calendars is connected to your like mail inbox on your iPhone, okay. which you can then thusly connect to your calendar to like your iCalendar. So I have like six events in a day, and half of them are conflicts from Nutcracker, like people's availability and stuff. But like it's it's fascinating. Plus my work schedule, plus auditions, <laughs> plus like I don't know, like uh, birthdays and national holidays, which are so important. So important. So important. Yeah. I really feel like if I don't recognize arbor day i'm missing out yo arbor day's the shit plant a tree y'all when is arbor day when does that happen in the year (laughs) i do however i did recently find out that um this past week it was tu bishvat what is tu bishvat no not tu bishvat that's like the jewish arbor day it was simcha torah oh i thought it was sukkot Sukkot, no sukkot was like around my birthday time because that's like harvest season oh because sukkot they were still recognizing it and using the shabbat elevator at the jewish community center which I am at every day. I'm Okay. No, I am. Oh, Ian, I've never told you this before. No. So the kids that I nanny, they're Jewish, they're okay. chosen, they're in the tribe, and um, they're your sisters. Haven't you met them? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they they take swim lessons and, and all sorts of different stuff at the Jewish Community Center on the Upper West Side. So we oh, go, yeah, yeah. We go to JCC every day, and there's a Shabbat elevator where mm. all of the buttons are pre-pressed at all times, so no one has to do any work. Oh, Wow. But if you get in the Shabbat elevator, big mistake, bucko, because you are going to every floor. It's the local train. Yeah, it is the local train. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, Simcha Torah, uh, which was actually... Do you like how girl- I was trying to tell you when the Jewish holidays were? I was like, no, no, okay. no, buddy. I okay, probably, I hang out at the I'm JCC. sure there's going to be like some like relatively observant Jew who is going to listen to this and be like, they have got it all wrong. They should be shunned. Shabbat Shalom. Yeah, but- Shabbat Shalom. But yeah, Simcha Tour was actually on my girlfriend's it's, birthday. Oh, yeah. Oh so gosh. we were driving back to Brooklyn, and there was like droves and droves of um, like Orthodox and Hasidic Jews on the streets at yeah. like midnight. And she was like, why? And I was like, oh, because today's the day where we start over from page one. Yeah. That's Simcha Torah. Wow. You're welcome, world. You're welcome. You know what's so funny is, um, so I was raised as a Christian. I am not a practicing one by any means. I like to consider myself a spiritual person. Like I believe in something pushing all of this around. Mm -hmm. There's some, some pre, I won't, I won't say ordained, but predetermined end to this story. Like we're on, we're on a journey that is some, uh, something's twisting all of this. In more ways than one. In honey, don't you know? And I, but I was, I was raised, uh, you know, in like Bible study and in, um, you know, I went to church camp and all this stuff. And so I know a lot of, you know, I've read the Bible from front to back Mm -hmm. and I know a lot of really weird stuff. Like, you know how those things just stick with you. Like the seasons of the Christian calendar are Advent, Christmas, Epiphany, Pre-Lent, Lent, Easter, Ascension, Pentecost, Trinity. I know now. Right? But you only recognize the names of just a few of those. Like you might know that Advent, the word Advent in general, is the preparation for a coming. And so Advent comes before Christmas, which comes before Epiphany. The Epiphany was the Magi coming. And the three kings, you know, and they bring the gold and the frankincense and the myrrh. So then you have an Epiphany. Like, oh, he is the savior of the world. And so like they 
all have these meaningful names, but then I hear myself even now saying it back and I'm like, when am I ever going to use this? When am I? I don't remember nearly that much from Hebrew school. Did you have to, so tell us about your, uh, your, for a boy, it's a bar, bar mitzvah. mitzvah. Yeah, very okay. good. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I go to JCC every day. Well, I mean, I only <laughs> consider myself Jewish, which like <laughs> at this point, like as many people have heard me say that as the people who haven't, but like I went to Hebrew school twice a week growing up in preparation for my bar mitzvah. And like, I learned like the the prayers and the stories and like all the old testament what stuff. was it like singing scripture in in front of you know 300 of your closest friends and family i mean i got into acting and performance at a very young age so for me it was great i mean you were fine hello hey i did no. great <laughs> it was and it was also before my voice changed so i had this like little boy soprano like Aww. like chime to me at like 13 on the altar i gotta it be was honest great. buddy you still have a little bit of, bit a, of a little boy, boy. soprano <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> oh well, um, I mean, I I love that about you. Thank I you. love I love that it's still you know you're still in your tribe. <laughs> actually, um, I got lunch <laughs> actually, with my friend. They the won't have day. Dude, no, you're gone. They, you're they out of it. Actually, no, I work in the entertainment industry. I'm fully welcome. Um, <laughs> but one of my friends, I was having lunch with her the other day and catching up, and she her mom finally saw Begin Again, and now she thinks that like. My friend and I are in this, like, forbidden romance because, like, we're good friends, but I'm Jewish and, like, her whole family's a very conservative Christian, oh, like, no. like old school sect. My high school sweetheart is Muslim. Really? And, or was raised Muslim. I don't think that he's practicing anymore, but, um, hey, you know who you are, honey bunny. Hope you're listening because we're still friends. And um, it was, yeah, when you get into an interracial and or interreligious couple, coupling, parents definitely, like... There's a little scandal. Well, associated. were your parents were your parents like kind of like peeved about that? Like, did that rub them the wrong way? Well, they knew him from. I'm just gonna say his name. His name's Musa. They knew Musa from uh, like high school theater stuff that I was already doing, and he had mm-hmm. been in my friend circle a little while, so they were already acquainted with him. If it had been like you know random Joe whoever off the street who also happens to be Muslim, I think that they would be like, well, I mean, where what's the basis for this? Do you all talk about this together? But my parents are also very conservative and mm-hmm. extremely religious, you know, and, my, and they're both very active in their church. So I think it would have definitely been a conversation no matter what. I, mm. I, I had a huge crush on this kid, Jonathan Goldsmith, in high school. Jew. A Jew, honey. And I went to my mom. And John had no interest in me. Like, he's he'll never listen to this. He doesn't care what I'm doing. Like, he's not. And it won't ever be a thing. So, hey, John Goldsmith. What and, up, brah? What up, brah? And uh, John had no interest in me. Like, he, he, you know, he was my friend. But, like, it was platonic to the max, to my dismay for a long time. Because I thought he was the hottest thing that ever happened. Um, and he knew he was the hottest thing that ever happened. He was like a Part sexy, of the problem. yeah, he's a sexy Jewish Mets fan, like family from New oh, York. Oh, that's, like, that's a real problem. Oh, isn't it though? Um, so anyway, John Goldsmith is like super hot and uh, I went to my mom like convinced because I thought I was so alluring in high school that like if I told him I had a crush on him, he'd realize he was always in love with me. And so I went to my mom and I was like, mom, this is before this whole genius concoction of me telling John I liked him. Um, which I don't know if it ever came to fruition that I told him, but maybe a week before I had planned to do this, you know, maybe ask him to homecoming or something, I went to my mom and was like, hey, so what would you and dad think if I dated a Jewish kid? And my mom was like, we, ooh, what would we do? Oh, wow. <laughs> and it wasn't, yeah, 
but it wasn't it, it was just because like they're they're so uh religious you know mm-hmm. and i think that they're definitely even from a young age thinking about me you know what my future is and i don't think they had ever thought before because this is way before i dated musa so it had never really crossed their mind what an inter-religious you know wedding or something might be mm-hmm. in my future and that just doesn't ever phase me yeah me neither yeah also because like anyone who knows me knows i have a shiksa streak like unbroken shiksa streak from like 18 for to, all the for like, goyish people <laughs> in the world what is a shiksa a shiksa is a non-jewish girl who steals jewish guys so any woman that lives in New York City. Like, from Ian, 17... we brought you here as an intervention. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, but, like, literally from 17 to now, every girl I've dated has been Christian or, like, not Jewish in some way. Yeah. Well, I think that it's, you know, when you live in New York City, there's only one way to date, which is all of the walks of life. Exactly. If you're, if you're going to exclude... If you live anywhere, I'm not just going to say New York City. That's, that's, that's otherizing, that's alienating any group of people in any place... If you got the hots for somebody, you date the hell out of them. Go for it. Go for it, honey. Yeah. Yeah. You go on those dates and you let him pay. And And I believe in that. I have no shame in saying that he should pay for at least the first three. Okay. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, have we chit-chat enough? Should we introduce our guest? Please, let's introduce our guest. introduce our guest yeah i'm so excited about today's guest um because she is an old friend and she is a writer and performer and all-around awesome funny lady corinne caputo hi hi corinne yay hi, corinne. hi guys how's Girl, it going thank you for it's being good. here thank you for having me <laughs> so what's up like for the past five years oh my god I f- has it been five well here's maybe a, more maybe less i don't know it's 20 20- it's almost it's almost six, I think, because oh boy, it was January. It was January twenty eleven. Yes. Yeah. So Ian and I studied abroad together. Yeah. I did not go to New Paltz. <laughs> I was like the one person in the group who just like came from another school and yeah. like popped into this group. But everyone was like, "Oh, this girl is the dopest." <laughs> yeah, it definitely was like weird because it's like, "Oh my god, these are my favorite college friends." Yeah, really. Because <laughs> then I went back. Well, I went back to Hunter. And Hunter's very weird because it's a commuter school, so, like, Mm. it's hard to, like, make a lot of friends because everyone's, like, going to class and then going home. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really just fun for those weeks we were there. Yeah, we loved you, and we we shared a flat, actually. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a flat? You all were yes. sitting in England, weren't yes, you? Yes, we yeah. were. Oh, gosh. Right by Great Russell Square. It was great. It was great. I think about that flat a lot, actually, because I loved the key to get in. So the front, there were two doors, I think. And the yeah. first door, you would just wave this like little sensor. Yeah. So it would unlock the door so you wouldn't like do a key, but it was just always so fast and easy. Mm-hmm. And then you'd be inside and you could just use your real key. Um, also, because I know you're a Harry Potter fan, yes. I feel like our complex from where we lived like is in one of the last movies. Oh, I think it might be. I think, like, uh, bed, not Bedford Place. I want to say 12 Bedford Place, but I, I think, may have made that up. We were up. definitely, like, 13D or something. Yeah. We were uh, definitely something that was, like, Sirius Black's house. Yeah. That just appeared. And then, I remember our flat had, like, stairs that ran through the middle yes, of it. Yes, yeah. To get up to, like, where all Another the guys were living. Another flat, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that, was, that was fun. That Did was you have fun. anyone on your trip that was dating, or was there any mingling when y'all got there? Well, um, John, who yeah. lived upstairs, he was with our group, because there was a theater seminar and an art seminar, and right. his girlfriend at the time was on the art seminar. Yeah. 
So that um, just those two, I think that was really, yeah. that was really it. And we were only there for like two weeks, two so weeks, it wasn't yeah. there wasn't time to get like hot and heavy. I mean, I guess there was, but yeah. like didn't really happen. You know how uh, Kate and Will met? How the Middleton? The the Middleton. The Middletons. They are the Middletons. <laughs> <laughs> they are. They're very progressive. Kate Middleton and uh, Will Prince uh, William. Prince William. What what is their last name? House of Windsor. Will Windsor. I guess. I have no idea. Yeah, but um, does their last name change? No. Wait, what? So, oh my god! <laughs> you know, I have literally never thought about their last names before. Me neither. So you said House of Windsor, and I was like, oh my god, they moved houses. <laughs> <laughs> when when Prince Harry served in the British Army and in, in the war in Iraq. He, uh, I think that his name plate read something like Wales or something. Oh. Like he got to choose, you know, a last name. Well, I think he's the Prince of Wales. Is he? I don't know. No, he's the Prince of England. His mother was the Duchess of Wales before she married. Oh, okay. But anyway, they met because they lived in a duplex flat together in college. Oh. Like, wow. Or I guess maybe they, they knew each other through classes before, and then I watched the Will and Kate Lifetime movie. Oh, I'm going to watch that. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. And I got up at like four in the morning to watch their wedding. I, was I remember their wedding. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She was so beautiful. She looked great. And Pippa's ass, honey. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, they you guys were saying flat, and every time I hear the word flat, I think of yeah. uh, Pippa's there. big booty and that whole family. <laughs> it's not flat. Um, <laughs> that whole family. But yeah, like, cause that was the last time we actually like hung out. Yeah. Because ever since then, it's just been us like running into each other in the yeah. streets of New York and yeah. being like, hey, how's things good? Yeah, I have I gotta to go, go me too. Me, like, yeah, I, I ran into you on the Upper West Side recently, yeah, right? Yeah, you were babysitting. Yeah, I was babysitting. Yeah. 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 Because that was right after Life After came out, and I never got oh, the chance yeah. to tell you congratulations Thank and you. how wonderful I thought it oh, was. Oh, thanks. Do you want to talk about that for a Yeah, bit? sure. So I have a web series that just. I keep saying it just came out, but I guess now it's been a few months. It came out in August. It's called Life After, lifeafterseries.com. Um, and it's about two girls in Brooklyn who get hit by a car and they die. Oh, no. And now they're ghosts in New York uh, trying to figure out their unfinished business. It's only eight episodes, and I think the whole runtime's like a half hour. And yeah. it's great. Like, yeah, thanks. It's so funny. It took a long time to put together. We had a Kickstarter. Yeah. And then... We filmed it over a whole week, and then it took, like, a year of post. Uh, but I'm so glad it's finally out. And, like, that concept, too. I remember seeing the Kickstarter, and I was like, this is brilliant. Yeah, I'm so proud of the concept. Even when we were writing it, we were like, you know, this could be a good feature. Like, oh, this yeah. could be a good whatever. Is there plans for, like, season two or anything? Um, I think we want to do a season two, but we're also trying to figure out how to just diversify our portfolio or mm. whatever. Because as it stands, it's like Your a portfolio piece. In the stock market. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Well, we want to do. We need to raise money again, and we need to raise like even more than what we did. And I don't know yeah. if we could do that. Yeah, we raised like twenty thousand dollars. Okay, which well, is the, great. What's the website again? And oh, lifeafterseries.com. Okay, so yeah. go there if you need any other information because I'm definitely going to watch. And it's then great. when yeah. you all raise money for the future, I think yes. all our listeners will be on board. You gotta. Yeah. yeah. Like props to you guys because you pulled out all the stops on this, like for like we your did. independent like project. Like we that did. Was... I think that's why it took so long. Mm -hmm. Because we were like, we want to do every step of this the best we can. And because we're poor, it has to just yeah. take But $20,000. I, I mean, that just speaks but volumes that went, to... Yeah, and it's crazy because we didn't even get to pay our key people. Because that oh, went to like our oh, insurance, wow. our locations, renting equipment. Um, we paid everyone at a reduced rate. And it was so quick how fast the money went. Yeah. And we didn't even like get to pay our editor. <laughs> Oh it was my great. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, every, that's that's the other thing. Everyone did this as like a huge favor to us as our passion project. 
So if we did another season, like absolutely will not ask them to do that again. Right. Well, that's what you're doing for us now. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Thank yeah. You, you got it. <laughs> Isn't that so funny when you call people to be involved in a project and you're like, we can't pay you in any way. There are yeah. no perks and we don't even drink while we record. So. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> so. I know. Yeah. But I feel like that's pretty standard. And also it's like fun and I feel like other creative people helping they, creative people. Yeah. They get it. Like, yeah. If you have yeah. the right creative people. Yeah. And you created it with a, like one of your, like your best friends, Yeah, right? yeah. And she's my writing partner. So we, Great. We're together every step of the way, which What's is her great. Name? Erica Teshwa. Hey, Erica. Erica. <laughs> and did you two meet at UCB? Yeah, we took a UCB class together when I was still in college. I kind of found my way there in a weird way. I honestly was working a desk job where I was just data entry, and I was listening to just podcasts and things, and I was listening to Tina Fey's book, oh. and she mentioned UCB, oh. and I was like, oh, let me Google this. And then there was a class that was going on sale and like, an hour and it fit perfectly with my school schedule so I was like I'll just do this that's so crazy that yeah. you logged in and you could sign up for the class because most I know. of those classes go they go so well, fast now seconds. I mean since then like they're like exploding. Justin Bieber tickets yeah exactly. it's completely them. exploded yeah. yeah really great people yeah but a lot a lot of my favorite teachers have left for LA yeah so I haven't taken a class in forever wow see we talked about LA earlier isn't it a sign they're just taking everyone from us it's true they are all of my friends are going there too it's like they make their Broadway debut they do two or three shows (laughs) and then they go to LA and then they go to LA a lot of my teachers from UCB just recently up and hiked over too yeah. I had a moment this morning though where I was I got my Starbucks I was walking through Harlem I was on my way to see you Ian and it was like one of those like the wind was blowing and it was the fall air and the sun was kind of shining peeking through the clouds yeah. and I was like yeah. I, I was like why would anyone go to California <laughs> yeah I'm also so scared of earthquakes that I don't, I don't really want to go at all and you were born and raised in New York yeah yeah I'm from Staten Island so I like have been thinking a lot about LA but part of the reason I don't want to go is because I you know, everything is here for me. Mm-hmm. So Same. I would like to engage one of our three tangent rule. Go ahead. I have an earthquake story. Tell me. Yes. In Tell us. North Carolina. Okay. Really? So there was an earthquake the summer, it was August, uh, right before we went back for fall semester, my senior year. So this would have been the fall of 2012. And the epicenter of the earthquake was at UVA in Charlottesville, Virginia. And it was, like, pretty seismically, like, unique. Wait, what year was that? August 2012. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, Okay, because my roommate at... went to UVA, but graduated in 2012, so. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Just missed. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I had a bunch of friends there that, like, I, I saw some tweets about it or whatever, and I happened to be, I was TAing a class for the coming semester, and that happened to be the day I was meeting with the professor, Dr. Megan Isaac, in her office, and... Uh, Elon burned down early, early on in, uh, in the late 1800s, early 19, I guess it was 1904. Oh gosh. Oh, Phoenix. Tell me if I got it wrong. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> um, that's why we're the Phoenix at Elon because we rose from the ashes. And so the only buildings that survived was the foundation of the building that I was in, Alamance, which is like where the bursar and, and the president and, you know, all the deans are in. And then this other building called West that's now a female dormitory. Mm. And those were the only ones that survived the fire. And everything else is new, so they were also um, like earthquake grade. But I happened to be in a building where only the foundation was old and the rest of the building that it was standing on was earthquake grade. So that oh, feels yeah. so dumb. But it's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, you got, it's not Carolina. Yeah. Like, what are, you know, it's 
Carolina, what are the like, chances? What are the chances that that would, you know, and the earthquake yeah. wasn't that scary of it. So, so Dr. Isaac and I are meeting, we're building a curriculum. And then at one point she has, um, in her office, she has a few bookshelves with like some clinkety clankety, you know, plates and awards and books and stuff yeah. that start jumbling around. And I, okay, I've only seen earthquakes in movies, but I, like, like a freak, <laughs> screamed earthquake. I like, <laughs> it was like, clink, 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 clink. And then all of a sudden the earth was like starting to rumble. And I go, earthquake! <laughs> and Dr. Isaac goes, Claire, just stand in a door. Like, she was <laughs> so calm. She was so dead. Because I, but what was funny is, um, before she told me to stand in a door, the reason I screamed was because... Elon has two buildings, the student center and the building I was in where all of the administrative offices are, and there's a quad between them. And the quad has these crisscrossed sidewalks so you can kind of walk through the, you know, Elon's a botanical garden because we're bougie as hell. Mm-hmm. And so you can walk through all of the shrubbery and foliage and all that to get, you know, building to building in kind of a slalomy way. So I'm looking out the window of her office across the quad, and the quad is rolling like the <gasps> ocean. Oh my god. Wow. I should clarify. I'm not afraid of earthquakes that remind me <laughs> as much as much as I'm afraid of like the aftermath of like a tsunami. Yeah. Or like I'm afraid of like really big waves. I watched that movie San Andreas. No. <laughs> so like I guess I'm like I could because New York had an earthquake. Really? One one yeah. one it was really small and it was like the day of one of my first UCB classes and really? I had just moved into my dorm. And you're like in a basement at UCB. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had like just moved into my dorm and I was like, you know, I have to go walk across town to class to this UCB class and I like sat on my bed and I felt everything shake and I was like, wow, I got like a shaky bed this year. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then I got oh up and God. I was like, no, that was definitely more than no. the shaky oh bed. Oh my gosh. But yeah, so so the reason I mentioned the foundation of the building was because I'm looking out the window, Dr. Isaac, like I'm screaming and then Dr. Isaac is like, Claire, get in a doorway. And so I'm backing into the doorway, looking out the window and the quad is rolling I I can only I can only explain it like the ocean, like when you idle a boat out on a lake or something, and it's and it's rocking up and down. I was watching the Earth roll up and down. In I'm looking at it uh, vertically, essentially. Like the picture is the Mm -hmm. rolls are going across horizontally. My view. Okay. But the building was moving side to side off its own foundation. So Ooh. I felt like, okay, you know what America's got talent or like it's Cirque du Soleil? Yeah. There's an act where the people have these cylinders and they put one cylinder in a horizontal direction and the other one in the other direction and they put a, a like a skateboard kind of on oh, top. Oh, yes, yes. And they roll balance. So the building was going left and right, but the world was going front and back. And I... <laughs> And it lasted, I'm making it sound like it lasted forever, but it was really probably like, quick. It was like yeah. 10 or 11 seconds. Anyway, that's my earthquake story. Uh-huh. I can't imagine, if it was that affecting there, can you imagine what it felt like at the epicenter at UVA at these oh 200, 300 yeah. year old buildings? No. The columns of those buildings, oh you know, cracking and, you know. That's so scary. I don't know if that's what happened there because I since have been through Charlottesville, I think, and it looked great. But Yeah. yeah. I think they recovered nicely. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Anyway, <laughs> New York is for me. Yeah. New York is for me, too, yeah. honey. I, like, I, I want to try L.A. for, like, a minute. And you totally could, because you can play so much younger than... Th- thank you. Um, <laughs> I, You're I also know. really skinny and fit. I'm, I'm very skinny. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I have such, like, a Sarah Jessica Parker-esque love for New York, though, that, like, I know that no matter where I go, I'm going to end up back here. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think the goal is to be able to stay in New York comfortably. Yeah. That's well, a- I have, the other thing that's attractive right now is rent is, you know, rent's always going up. Rent will always be expensive yeah. here. But I have friends who now own their places where now. Yeah. And their uh, mortgage is cheaper than what they really? were paying. Or if they're living with a boyfriend or husband or yeah. whatever, or, or vice versa, if they're my male friends or living with, you know. Yeah. Um, whomever. They that was very heteronormative. <laughs> all all love is valid, um, but they're living with whoever they love or like, and their their mortgage because they're splitting it, you know, between a couple people, so much cheaper than rent. That's yeah. crazy. So much cheaper. So uh, you have investments and savings, like yeah. it's almost worth oh, it yeah. to go for it. Oh all, yeah, all my investments. All about the I'm gonna do market. another Kickstarter. <laughs> well, you and buy a you place. Wanted, you wanted to diversify your yeah. portfolio. Yeah. <laughs> I actually just got, because of my muggle job, they give us, like, stock in, like, the company and everything, and yeah. once you buy in, like, they set you up with an E-Trade portfolio. Wow. And, like, my girlfriend works somewhat in finance, but yeah. I know Nothing. absolutely zero about the stock market. <laughs> yeah. And I've tried to explain what I know in, like, my terms, and it is just a disaster. Like, Yeah, I know nothing. I, I signed up for this app, like, two years ago called acorns and they're supposed to like take the change of every purchase like they round it up to a dollar and let's say it's like 17 cents and they like invest it for you but i truly don't know what it's doing (laughs) so at one point i was like i'm just gonna delete this but you can't like delete the app once it's like invested money for you so i just like cashed out like five dollars the five dollars it had but they still like email me every month like here's a summary of your portfolio and i was like I don't know if there's any more of my money, like, in this. I know nothing about it, and I'm, like, too anxious to look at it. I'm sure I'm supposed to be telling my, like, tax accountant about this. (laughs) But I'm, like, I'm just pretending I never did. At least you have someone that, like, you go to to I do have a tax person, yes. You got a tax guy. I do. Which is great. That's very New York, to be like, oh, you should go to my tax guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually, this is, I do want to plug them, they're brass taxes, and they specialize in, like, performing arts like I've heard taxes. of them, and they're I've heard re- of them. they're really great. I've never heard of them. I just they're know great. that they're so. This is this is the company that everyone's yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. and they yeah. do like yeah, performing art. Like I think the start the head you know guy takes classes at UCB or took classes oh, no at way. UCB or something. That's why I like. I that would place. love to say that my tax guy takes improv classes. Yeah, my tax guy is my dad now because oh. he just got a job at H and R Block. That's great. Wow. Not as an accountant though, but as a manager. Yeah, yeah. So. back your billion, America. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'm one tax comes around I'm gonna be like Your here's all my shit that guy with the green bow tie in the commercials right surprise <laughs> surprise yeah no my broker at Fidelity or whatever I went in and I didn't have any makeup on I think I was wearing like what I'm wearing now like some athleisure bullshit and I went this is clearly tangent number two can that, can, but can can that be the t- title of the episode athleisure bullshit, bullshit. Sure. <laughs> great so um so I go in and I'm like I don't have a broker but I'd like to speak with someone about this you know these investments that I'm making or whatever I don't really know what I'm doing you know like I'm kind of flailing here and so he like takes me into his office and uh, he's like, so what are your long-term goals? How would you like to diversify your portfolio? Do you have any interest in gaining in a mutual fund? I'm like, um, my name's Claire. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah, and he definitely he was like, "Okay, well, um, maybe pay off some of your debt and then come back to me." And I was like, "Okay, oh. like, you, you make it sound like that's that's something I can prioritize." I mean, now yeah. I am thankfully like debt free since that experience, but woo, woo, woo. debt free. <laughs> but um, thanks, y'all. I would like to thank. But it's it, it's so funny that like people, especially in New York, we just talk money and finance so often. Yeah, that or at least the predominance of of the community here does that. Then when you don't understand what they're talking about they like try to explain it in the same way like i have friends that work at merrill lynch and jp morgan chase and blackrock and stuff and they just say it in the same terms and they're like oh you know when you buy into a mutual fund i'm like yeah what does that mean what the fuck is a mutual fund they're like assuming i know far too much yeah Yeah. like i see commercials for wealth management and i just laugh because i'm like that implies that i have wealth wealth to manage yeah yeah well, maybe no. if you go to Brass Taxes, this, yeah. this episode brought yeah. to you by, by Brass Although, Taxes. Although, like, they were great. I did still owe money on my taxes. This episode <laughs> not brought to you by Brass Taxes anymore. Great you people. over Corinne. Yeah. Uh. Now, you know what? The U.S. government, the, the taxes themselves fucked us over. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Well, I think now is as good a time as any to get into, get into our topics. Yeah. Yes. Am I going first? You, you yeah. is. Okay. Oh, it's me. It's my turn because I never talk enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the thing that happened to me this week was kind of just like a fun happenstance. So there's a thrift store here in New York City that has a lot of different locations called Housing Works. And Housing Works is this incredible thrift shop where all of uh, the charitable proceeds that, you know, after they pay their own rent for the store location... All the other proceeds go to homeless people in New York City that suffer from HIV and AIDS. And their work with uh, with AIDS survivors is incredible, and I encourage you. You know, a lot of people complain to me that Housing Works is overpriced, and I go, it's overpriced because it's the price plus five bucks for someone who has AIDS. So just, mm. like, pay it. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. So considering that what I bought at Housing Works the other day was only $5, I like to think that most of it went to someone in need. <laughs> um, but what I bought was a book. I always go there for, if you would like affordable DVDs and used books, Housing Works is a great place to go. Um, and for some reason, the Goodwill and the Salvation Army don't really have book sections here. If no. They, if they do, they're like yeah. romance paperbacks, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, which, I mean, I love seeing Fabio on the front of any sure. book, but I don't think I want to read Classic. it. Classic. Classic Fabio, that hair is so flowing. <laughs> so I bought The Woman I Want to Be by Diane von Furstenberg. Um, I think DVF and her whole brand is incredible. Diane von Furstenberg, for those that don't know, owns a fashion house named after herself called DVF, Diane von Furstenberg. She's the creator of the wrap dress. And most people compare her to Coco Chanel, that Coco Chanel created the little black dress. And DVF created the next most iconic piece of female clothing, which is the wrap dress. And DVF's, uh, I guess, house of fashion, their their whole kind of complex is down in the meatpacking district in New York City. So she is very much alive in New York City uh, commerce and community and fashion. And um, she's a pretty nice person from what I can tell. There was a short-lived TV show on the E! Network. Um, I love E! E! and Bravo. I, I eat, sleep, yeah. and breathe. Yeah, honey, yeah. everybody does. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> and it was called it was called House of DVF about all of these you know girls coming out of the Fashion Institute and um, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising and all these different places that just want to intern for Diane because she's so likable. Getting a job with her will give you a job anywhere. And I was like, wow. Well, you know, this book it's just her autobiography about how she was once a princess and then came to America and built this fashion house and. 
I just think she's such an inspiring, powerful woman. And the blurbs on the back of the book are from, like, Sheryl Sandberg and, you know, like, and Sarah Jessica Parker and, like, um, Anna Wintour, like, all these other powerful women that I admire, too. So I'm like, wow, okay, cool, like, power woman book. I gotta buy it. It's five bucks. And then with tax, it's, like, 556. I'm like, yes, this book is mine! And I walk out of Housing Works and I flip it open and in the front cover, the book is signed by Diane. <gasps> wow. So, the, yeah, and first off, I'm like, okay, she's a New York icon. She is an icon the world over. She was once a princess in Europe. Like, she's, you know. Wait, for real? For real, yeah. Wow. She, she married a prince. Yeah, she's, she is no longer a princess because they got divorced. Um, but tragic she, in a way. She's kind yeah. of like the countess on The Real Housewives. Oh, sure, yeah. Where in the first few seasons, she was like, I don't know if I've mentioned, but I'm a countess. Like, Twofer on 30 Rock is like, I don't know if you know, yeah. but I wear crimson because I went to Harvard. But Diane von Furstenberg, what's great about her is she doesn't, unless you already knew that about her, like, it doesn't come up in conversation. Yeah. She doesn't advertise she was once a princess. So, anyway, again, another powerful, confident woman. Mm. And so, another reason she is one. And so I open up the book I see that it's signed and I'm like wow like I just first off who consigns a book that's signed Signed, by a world icon (laughs) yeah did they know it was signed maybe when they bought it it was already used and then like it it always baffles me that like hardbound copies of books are no more than $30 even though this is a pretty hefty big hardbound book like a hard a hard copy book hard cover hard cover hard cover yeah that's the word I'm looking for and I bought it for five bucks, but like on the inside, it was originally priced for twenty nine. Like it just yeah. got my gears turning about like why people write memoirs, the service of memoirs. Why did it feel so special that it was signed? Was it because it was a surprise or because I just admire her in general? But yeah, it was yeah. just a moment for power it's for really power cool. ladies, myself yeah. included. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Also, like I kind of get giving up a signed book because I have. Like, the first three Twilight books signed in my parents' house. By Stephanie Meyer? Yeah. Can I have them? <laughs> yeah. Have well, now they're, like, I'm so... I'm a big Twilight That's fan. what I'm we're figuring out. Like, I kind of want money, so I'm very much, like, let me sell this on eBay or something. Mm. But it's, like, also that's such a commitment. Like, selling your stuff instead of just, like, giving it away. Yeah. It's so much work. I Poshmark regularly and selling I think stuff, I'm going to start doing that. Girl, buy from my closet because yeah. I need the money. <laughs> no, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to commit to selling something. So then I was like, well, if this person was knowledgeable that this book is probably worth a lot more than the yeah. $5 I paid for it, like... They must really not have either liked what she wrote or didn't need it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Or didn't know who she was because, like, I don't know, let's say it's some, like, divorced guy who just found that book and was like, well, I don't need this shit anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that, that's what I would have done because I did not knew, know who Diane Furstenberg was until this very podcast. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that, uh, you know, you mentioned Tina Fey's bossy pants. Yeah. I feel like if hetero, you know, heteronormative or heterosensitive, you know, white dudes read books by powerful women more of them, I think that it would just change their worlds. Like, they just have such a, yeah. such a better worldview. If we could get a copy of Bossy Pants or The Woman I Wanted to Be into the hands of Donald J. Trump... Oh, my God. I bet he'd learn so much. I mean, sure. it, it sold a lot more copies than The Art of the Deal. That's yeah, a goddamn yeah. sure. <laughs> oh, my God, that book. Oh, God. Did you read that thing by his ghostwriter? No. His ghostwriter wrote this long New Yorker piece, like, don't elect Donald Trump. I wrote his book, not him. 
Whoa. Whoa. I'm sure he was still under an NDA. But I think he's just like so scared that Trump will be elected that he's like, I have to speak up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame him. Well, and for all the people that the Trump campaign says that they're going to sue at any one time for defamation. Oh my God, or for I know. Right. It's like, they don't have time to get around to that they're fucking They're giving yeah. lawsuits out like handy. Yeah, yeah, seriously. I am curious how many of these, like, great memoirs are ghost-written, though. Yeah. yeah. That's just, so that's something I definitely want to want to hash out maybe right now. Like, what, what do we think the likelihood is that she wrote the book herself? Um, I don't know, because I think about, like, I just happen to be, uh, I call myself, like, the privileged trifecta. I'm a straight, white, 25-year-old male. Like, I just happen to love, like, books, like, biographical books by powerful women. Like, I love Chelsea Handler's books. I love Tina Fey's books. Right. Amy Poehler's book is one of my favorites. So good. Oh, God. Um, Amy Poehler's book made me fall. I was just going to say, it made me cry. The story about the sketch that she didn't pre-read, and then it ended up making fun of a real-life oh, person. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. Um, Y'all read read all the books. Also, by the, the audio books of those women are great too. Yeah, they read them and they're just so funny. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I'd That's love awesome. to get that. But I remember because like I followed all of those women like for their like during their careers and I they t- I mean I guess maybe I just put the positive intent and trust in that like they're talking about writing their book so they must be writing their book. Yeah. Um, I think that they did because they have such a so much of their career actually is writing. Mm-hmm. But I buy that those women wrote their books. I don't buy that Trump wrote his own book. No. I don't think he's written anything ever. Oh, Besides gosh. his weird tweets. Are there other powerful women that we hope will write a book soon? Anna Kendrick's book is coming out. I'm so... Ooh. Yo, Anna Kendrick... coming out next happening. week. Yeah, Or it? this week? She, I don't know when it's coming out, but she's doing a lot of promo for it. Anna wow. Kendrick is my absolute yeah. favorite. Absolute favorite. Do you, do you have a big crush on her? Yes. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm like one degree of separation away from her Ooh, in like really? multiple on multiple fronts. And wow! I guess I I'm guess I too. am too. So yeah. are we? We're yeah. two. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> yeah. too afraid to tweet at Haley and be like, "Hey, can you hook a brother up?" Yeah, yeah. Oh, Haley Steinfeld. So yeah. we mentioned Begin Again earlier. Oh, I, Haley. Just to get everybody yeah. everybody on board, the reason Begin Again is going to come up, you know, whenever Ian talks about, you know major moments in his life is because, because it's he, the one major moment of my life well it was so cool he did the film begin again with Mark Ruffalo Keira Knightley so James good. Corden Haley Steinfeld I mean just Adam Levine anybody and everybody oh, yeah. you could love is in that Catherine film Keener. Catherine Keener Catherine Keener CeeLo 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 we worked together that first day it was amazing oh, that's man. so funny yeah yeah my brother has a cool story about seeing Gnarls Barkley open for Wolf Mother in like a basement in DC when both of them were they were signed but like very unknown groups really yeah and he said that CeeLo just like blew both them and Wolf Mother just blew wow. the roof off wow. the place yeah that's great yeah Haley worked with Anna Kendrick in Pitch Perfect 2 yeah. and James Corden worked with Anna Kendrick in Into the Woods yeah I'm one degree <laughs> of separation away <laughs> Ian, you gotta. I gotta. At least get a free book. <laughs> Do you think that celebrities, when they play Seven Degrees of Separation, can like use their own projects, or is that like an obstacle where they like, you know, like if Reese Witherspoon is yeah. playing with Mark Ruffalo, you know, like they can't use their. Movies I really want to. That's interesting. Left. I really want to be in that room. Where it's just like a group of celebrities talk, like to, like uh, sitting around a table, going like, "Well, I did Sweet Home Alabama with this guy yeah. who's in that movie. Who did that movie with you, Mark?" So, oh my God, that's four. But so, see, the the best way to play Seven Degrees though is that you have to use all seven steps. Oh, okay. You can't get there faster. Oh. Because if I do Robert De Niro and Anne Hathaway, they did a movie together. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. What other women do I want to write a really powerful? I feel like, oh, I would love um, the woman who created Bumble. 
her story is incredible about how she was a co-founder of Tinder with her boyfriend at the time. And then after the company took off and made a lot of money, as Tinder is bound to do, she broke up with her boyfriend and then they outed her from the company. What? And she, she took them to court and won a bunch of money for wrongful termination and for sexism, you know, for sexual harassment in the workplace, a bunch of other stuff. What? Wow. She took all that money and started Bumble. And, that I want to read. And the Bumble, mm. the Bumble platform is incredible because, you know, you swipe right and left like any other app, but then when you both swipe right, the woman has 24 hours to start the conversation and it hmm. essentially eliminates harassment. I have yeah. never... That's, that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah, I think it's so, so smart. And, it, you know, it's like the Sadie Hawkins of dating apps. It like, is, yeah. Let's throw it back, honey. Yeah. Yeah. Let that Rosie the Riveter take her own. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see a book by Aubrey Plaza. That'd yeah. Great. Oh, what would be the title of Aubrey Plaza? I don't know. Book? It'd be something dark and hilarious. I know. Something about, like, Satan, I think. Exactly. <laughs> Satan wrote this book. Not yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Ghost written by Satan. Like, yeah. By Hades himself. <laughs> That's so funny. And then, you know, I think maybe, like, I would love to read... Um, I want, like, America Ferrara. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. really into her. I feel like that'd be or, great. Or, like, Gina Rodriguez, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's coming. I feel like that's got to be coming. She won a Golden Globe. Yeah. That's coming. That's got to be coming. Um, have you listened to her? She has a really great podcast. Well, it's not her podcast, but it's on uh, the So Many White Guys podcast. And oh, yeah. Her. Yeah. It's a really cool episode. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to listen to that. Phoebe Robinson. Phoebe hosted Robinson, that. Her yeah. book just came out. Yeah. I feel yeah. like a really cool, maybe, like, collection that could be curated by someone like Mindy or something yeah. would be um, men in Hollywood that consider this, themselves, like, feminists. feminists? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, which yeah, I mean, I'd love if, to see If that. you're not one, if you're embarrassed by that title, like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. yeah. Because if you, you just, it just means you believe that women and men are equal. Right. Phoebe Robinson, speaking of her, has a web series on a Refinery 29's channel uh, called Woke Bay. And they just wow. like, her and a woman just talk about like woke men in Hollywood. That's awesome. That. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? The concept of woke, I think, is the perfect way to describe like what the memoir has become now. Like, yeah. A, self, a self-realization, a reason to write the book that like, that's what I love about Mindy's books. Her first book is, Is Everyone Hanging Out Without Me and Other Concerns? Right. And her second, and that first one is just like, how did she get to the office? How did she get to be show running the Mindy Project? And all of the interesting stories from before about not being cognizant until much later that she was a woman of color, that that was an advantage yeah. in, some, in some ways, and then also a disadvantage in others. But her second book is called Why Not Me? Yeah. And it's all about being a woman of color just saying aloud like it's it's my time it's my time and don't tell me that it's not and yeah. if a thousand people are up for the job why can't i be the one of one thousand that gets it yeah. yeah all you have to do is get out of bed and stay fucking woke and it could be yours yeah and i think that's what i you know full circle what i admire about diane von furstenberg you come to a country where you don't speak the language you're a princess that's then suddenly divorced and you build a fashion house yeah like of course a fashion empire yeah empire because you're fucking woke because she was ready she was ready and i just i can't wait to read the book i wish i could say more you know maybe i'll (laughs) read it for next time yeah yeah but i i i look forward to just it had nothing to do with the fact that it was signed but it was that much more special that now i can go into it being like wow she touched this with her hands she worked on it so hard. Hopefully yeah. she didn't have a ghostwriter or she credits an yeah. editor. That and really... even if she did, I feel like they, 
I feel like everyone but Donald Trump is probably still pretty involved in their ghostwriters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even Lena Dunham got torn apart for her book because... I loved Lena Dunham's book. Well, I, I guess the biggest controversy there weird from her moments. book was yeah. that um, no one could tell if the stories... She made it clear, I guess, in, in the foreword of the book that some of the stories were from real life and some were inspired by real life and some were imagination she had had. But she didn't differentiate in the book which segments were yeah. real and not. And one huh. and one was like a partially true story about like tricking her little sister into like having yeah. a sexual experience. But it was like very weird because it was like a single paragraph within a story. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people kind of blew it up into something. Well, and that's how I I didn't read the book so so you know chastise me if yeah. I'm speaking out of turn but that's how a lot of kids like learn about the yeah. human body is like their siblings yeah. play doctor or something you know and right. I think people really blew that up well I think they wanted to get mad at her about and there are plenty of things to be mad at her about but she I, is a, I feel like she's that, less woke than she could be yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean like now she's all in not in the papers that it's not 1934. But, um, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of media coverage on her and Amy Schumer for like the right. so-called like white feminism. Right, yeah. Um, Which I is mean, totally valid. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not anything I could speak to. Yeah, yeah. You're not a white... A Are white... you not a white woman? <laughs>